This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Hi, how are you? You're on your way to work, maybe? On your way home from work? This is a, a hello right to you, straight to you. I hope... uh you enjoyed today's show. I hope you're uh, smiling right now. I hope that you had a good day or you're going to have a good day. And, uh, you know, try to be present right now. Trying to be present. Ryan, you okay? You're good. I'm checking everything. Checking everything. The, light, the lights. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Everything yeah. looks, se- everything, everything seems to look okay. I got a haircut. On. Nice. Yeah. Got a haircut and uh, I got vaccinated. Congratulations. Thank you. I got the Johnson and Johnson, the one shot. That was it. The girl behind me got, um, I was perfectly fine. Nothing, nothing happened to me. Not a, not fatigue, not nauseous, nothing. It's been, uh, quite some time now. So knock on wood, nothing's happening. Just a one and done. I didn't really want to do the other one. I guess they're all, they're all pretty good, but, uh, still gotta be safe and stuff, but, uh, feels, it kind of feels good to be vaccinated. You feel relieved? Uh, yeah, I, I do feel relieved. Even though uh, it doesn't fix everything, but it fixes something. Yeah, my arm's not even sore. Really? No, it might even, it, it's, it's it's less than a mosquito bite. Nice. Just nothing. I got lucky, I think. Gracious Lord. Uh, thanks for everybody who tuned in to the Stage It show and watched my band play. Rob and I had a great, uh, great day Uh, my band Sunspin. We played on stage. We played two shows this last Saturday and gave a lot of prizes and Zooms. We Zoomed a lot of people. And thank you, everyone, for being there and supporting the band. You're always so amazing. A big shout out to all the patrons who do that. Uh, If you want to follow the band, you can go to sunspin.com. We got lunchboxes and merch and all sorts of fun stuff. And you can book the band if you'd like. You can book a Zoom with the band sunspin.com handles are at sunspin band everywhere and uh also the inside of you online store We've got a bunch of stuff i think we still got some um lex luther shirts and autograph pictures and uh other shirts and just lots of great stuff on there it's the inside of you online store uh we should probably give a discount code we did uh we did ryan 15 last time didn't we it was inside of yeah inside of me. ryan yeah inside of ryan inside of ryan 15, 15. was right so maybe the you know uh inside ryan do we dare go 20 that's that's kind of a lot off. that's a lot it's a big percent you know what effort 20 percent off oh, everything in the store but this is only going to be for till tomorrow wednesday so get it while you can 20 percent off everything in the inside of you online store inside of ryan 20 inside of ryan or inside brian oh so, sorry inside <laughs> ryan there we go 20 there we go 20 off hey thank you guys for tuning in i know a lot of guests uh come and people listen they want to listen to those guests and they then tune out but uh you know we're a podcast that could use your help you know we could use your listening skills and uh if you dug this if you like it then we hope you'll stick around and um 
you know, sign on, subscribe. Uh, where can they subscribe, Ryan? Uh, at Inside of You Pod on Twitter, at Inside of You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, youtube.com slash Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. And it's all right here. Yep. See, it's all right here if you're watching. But uh, please subscribe. Please subscribe and get your friends to subscribe. It truly helps. And, and try to listen to every episode. We try to give you something interesting, interesting guests. Great guest today, Rob Benedict, Richard Spate. Uh, these guys, incredible, incredible stories that they tell. Their their dad stories of being a dad. But you might know these guys from Supernatural. Uh, they're both musicians. Uh, we've we've played together. Uh, they're fantastic guys. I really enjoyed talking with them. It's a good one. It was one of my favorites for sure. Really? Yeah. Now that says a lot. Ryan doesn't um, usually come out and say that. I usually have to ask him. Did you like it? I really did. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you have really great conversations with people and you learn a lot. And this, some of their stories were, were just fascinating. And one in particular about uh, Richard saving uh, Rob's life. So without further ado, let's get inside Rob Benedict and Richard Spate. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Rob Benedict. How's it going, buddy? I love that you have a gold microphone. Why is that? Because you're just gold? I don't know. I just, I thought it looked cool. Oh, you are cool. Is that a head in the back? It's, it's my head. It's my head from, uh, from the, uh, our, our Kings of Con show that Rich and I did. Right. That's right. I want to get into that. And Richard Spate yeah. now, uh, who's Richard Spate Jr. God forbid I just call him Richard Spate. But yeah. he'll be on yeah. in just a minute. He's having a conversation with a teacher. Did he get in trouble? Yeah. What's the deal there? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it sounds, you know, it sounds serious, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, it's something, you know, he's got three boys. He's got three boys. So, uh, you know, at any one time, <laughs> one of them is getting into trouble. Oh, wait a minute. So it is, it's, is it a serious talk with the teacher about the, his, his children? <gasps> I don't know. I don't know how serious it is, um, but yeah. We're just having a conversation is, with the teacher. We're going to find out is what we're yeah, going to do. Yeah. We're going to ask. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, a, a, a bad thing, but it can't be great. It can't be great if I'm being honest, you know, it's. Yeah. Who it's has an hour conversation Zoom with a teacher if it's great? Like, hey, I just want to catch you up. Just tell yeah. your kids are great. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Uh, let's go from every course. Math aces across the board. <laughs> Uh, just really powering through a uh, speech class, uh, yeah. very confident, uh, yeah. no farting, uh, <laughs> doing a lot of good for this, uh, this high school. Yeah. And does the teacher not have other classes? That's my other thought, you know, is, yeah. is she, is she, he or she just sort of skipping the other classes to have this long talk about <laughs> the an hour. What teacher has an hour to spare with one parent? I don't have an hour. And why isn't his wife on the meeting with him? Is it just him? It might be just him. His wife works and she, she works. She has a crazy job and works uh, long hours. Either that, or maybe old Dick Spate jr. <laughs> is the disciplinarian here. It could be. I mean, it is, he is, he is the disciplinarian. Those kids do not mess around when he's, He's home. Were you a good kid in school? Yeah, I was a good kid. I, I was a good kid. I, I, um, yeah, I, I figured out early. My brother was an athlete, star athlete. And I, when I went to high school, I realized, okay, I didn't have anything to offer in that realm. So school became my, what I did well. You know, really? I was a good student. So, yeah. 
you excelled. I excelled. Yeah. I was a good kid and shit was going on at home. So what yeah, shit? Just, Wait, you can't just say throw that away. You can't say shit was going well, on at I mean, home. I, I might have talked about it last time I was on your show, but you know, my dad left. Uh was kind of like uh spending time between my house and his uh mistress's house. Uh mistresses plural? No, one, just one okay, mistress. Right. And I was maybe 12 and uh uh and then eventually that sort of became sort of the mistress got most of the time and and he just kind of didn't come back. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was rough. By the time I got to high school, it was rough. My mom was in a bad, dark place, and my siblings were gone. I'm the youngest of four, and it was just me and my mom. And so I just, I don't know, some kids rebel at high school. Like, for me, it was, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do, you know, I'm just going to work as hard as I can and be just the best student and being the president of everything and, you know what I mean, involved in everything and just just overdo it. So that that's that was high school for me. How do you have that much... What's the word when you now? I guess hindsight. Uh, no. Uh, well, how do you just? How do you know? As you had to be pretty emotionally smart yeah. or aware that to make a conscious decision like that to to go. Oh, I this is fucked up. I'm gonna do something really good with my life. Whereas I was hanging by a thread my really? entire school. Like, oh yeah, just like you know, I am not going to make it. I always say I, I've talked about this, but I always say I have had it. And I don't know if death wish is the right term, but I, I just never thought I'd live past grade school, high school, college. I never I always wow. thought, yeah. And I just uh, I just I didn't have that emotional support at home. And it sounds like, you know, maybe you didn't either. Was your mother? I, I well, I'll get to that. But how did you yeah, how did you make that decision that you're going to do well and you're going to excel and get out? How do you do that? I don't know. My mom talks about it. She said literally we had a conversation after my first day of high school and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. It was it, it was my brother's six, four. And he's like he was like the basketball star. I was the opposite of that. I came in and I I, I knew what I you know, I knew I was a, a smart kid and I could do. I really wanted to have that achievement like he had. And I, I guess I just made that conscious decision to go, you know, this is going to be what I do. And I think it too, when you're that age, you know, I have teenagers now and when they're, you're that age, like, and I, you know, I've been through a divorce now and, and my, my children are teenagers and I see them do it in a way that you almost, you, you, you hang on to what you can control almost obsessively. I can control that. And for me, I could control I could control that. I, I just, I, I was smart enough that I was like, I can, con I can control this. I can get good grades and, and be a, you know, a good kid where it got me in trouble is that like, I got obsessed about people liking me. Mm. It was weird. Yeah, I got obsessed I go about that. like really wanting to be liked and doing whatever I could just to be liked, which kind of had this weird thing to do with like, you know, my dad being gone and my world kind of being exploded. So I was just, I was just like, are you mad at me? Don't be mad at me. Are you mad at me? You know, do you like, feel I, do you feel like there's part of that in you still that little kid who just wants to be liked 100 percent. we don't yeah. lose that i've always just i just when i walk into a room it's not like people always say oh you're so confident i think it's because i'm not confident i, I want people to like me and accept me and i'm like how do i make them like me because i don't feel like how I'm, i can't be likable you know i'm me I, I still have that image of myself as this young punk who i i just didn't feel that was you know necessarily loved or liked or by, yeah. by a lot of people. And so it, that's a hard thing to lose. But you like your your father and your mother, they did they show affection to you? 
Um, my mom did. Yeah, my dad wasn't there, but my mom did. I didn't have that. I never had that uh, male uh, energy around because he wasn't around. But uh, but my mom, my mom was affectionate. Well, how does that um, make you uh, like, does that put so much pressure on you to be the best father ever? And are you hard on yourself about being a father? A little bit, you know, a little bit. And and certainly going through um, the separation and then divorce was tough for me because I, I you know, I just, I've, I've worked extra hard to not be my dad. So yeah, I mean, I, I do, I, I, I overachieve at being a father too. And I have to, you know, be careful not to you know, they get to a point where they're like, we got it. We're good. <laughs> you can stand down, you know? Listen, guys, I always feel like <laughs> if I was a father, I would be like, look, I love you. I want you to tell me everything that you need to, if you want to, sh you could share anything with me. I've been through it all. I've embarrassed myself. I have been a big fuck up in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want you to know that if you do something stupid, you can come to me. I'm not going to hit you. You don't hit mm -hmm. kids anymore. Okay, I'm no. not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, yeah. I, I want you to know that you can come to me. I might get mad at you. I might be disappointed, but like we could work things out. And I want you to know that I'm here because a lot of kids, I don't think that they feel like their parents are there. Right. No. And that that's that's me. I mean, that's my relationship with my my kids. My son has become. You know, he's he's such a good kid. He's just a really good kid. He tells me everything. We're just buddies, and he, you know, he'll tell How me old anything. Is he? And that's he's 17. Does he tell you about? uh sex does he say you know does he say dad i you know i got a handy what does he do yeah i mean he'll you know uh yeah he you know uh he's not having sex but he but he has a girlfriend and and you know i get the i get so much of the sometimes i'm like you don't need to i don't need to know that you can you know you can have that one for yourself like what <laughs> you know? will he say like what would he say oh, i'm embarrassed because i don't want him to like hear ah, this good see my mom never did that my mom would write articles in our small town paper and embarrass me on a daily basis and she would flirt with other men in front of me and she would all do she would always embarrass and i think a big thing is don't embarrass your kids like yeah. let them be them don't yeah. try to interfere uh but yeah. like look like i said i i have two dogs and uh i do the best i can but i'm like i fucking could barely you know handle two dogs how could i ever be a father of a of a human being that's <laughs> yeah and when, when you go through this like divorce and all this stuff did you think you were going to be married forever? Did you think, you know, I'm never going to leave this woman? Oh, yeah. 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 I, without question. And we were married for 24 years. So it wasn't your call. It was all of a sudden one day she wakes up and says, oh, uh, yeah, I'm done. It was complicated. It was complicated. It was kind of many years in the making. Uh, we have very separate lives and our our paths were going uh, in opposite directions. And um it was kind of like, you know, lots of years of therapy and, and, and it finally just, you know, it's just, I think we both just kind of threw the towel in and I, you know, we realized we were both not happy. Is it hard uh, to like when your heart's broken to not share that with your kids and try to be strong? Is there a balancing act you have to do? Yeah. And that was a thing, you know, at first it was, it was like, it's, you know, we're fine. We're, we're working it out. It's, you know, we're going to try living apart for a little bit, but we're working, you know, and then finally they were like just talk to us. What's going on? You know, they were the ones who sort of like called it. And so, you know, that's when Molly and I had to both be very honest with them about what's going on. And, and it sent our, our relationship into a whole different realm too, in a good way. Really? So now you can have conversations and it's amicable and, and, and it's okay. Everything's okay now. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, her and I get along really well and, and we all four hang out 
and we have family nights together, you know, so we still have that. I think wow. that's really important. Are you yeah. still attracted to her? Do you ever think maybe we can get back together or is something you've kind of like, uh, you know, you've like let that go? No, I kind of let that go. Um, but she's, uh, you know, she's like family to me. I mean, I've known her for, um, you know, um, like half my life. And uh, I mean, we started dating almost 30 years ago. And we were married for 24 years. Like, you know, you don't, you don't just let that go. That doesn't go away. So I love her and she'll always be like family to me. That's um, you, You're a tough guy. I, I, that'd be really tough. I mean, uh, you know, who's here to break up this conversation. Guys. Speaking of tough guys, this is Richard yeah. Spade Jr. is just joining the conversation. We were getting deep. Boy, we were, we're getting, getting deep. deep fast, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, Richard, before you get going, first of all, You've got yeah. no facial hair. We'll get into that. I've never seen you without facial hair. B, uh, right. you know, I thought you were doing a Zoom call with some uh, teacher for some magazine or something. I didn't realize you were having a disciplinarian meeting uh, with a teacher about your children. Yes, it's it's uh, this is a full school day. Any day of the week uh, in lockdown is a full school day at uh, Dick Junior School for the Blonde. Uh, I have three <laughs> students. And uh, I'm fully charged with um, proctoring their education, which so far is going just great. Okay, something, there's sarcasm. He's landing on us pretty thick there, uh, Rob. I'm just not, I mean, listen, man, I, I, I love teachers. I, I admire teachers. I do not necessarily have the patience and the skill. I love spending time with my boys. That's great. But I'd be lying if I didn't say they're not going to lose a few steps this last year and a half because I'm not. I'm not great. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm present. I try to drive the, keep the ball moving forward and all that good stuff. But you know, what are some of the issues like that a parent has to deal with? For instance, like, is it for me, it was, he won't shut the fuck up. Okay. There's S's right. satisfactory. There's S minuses. Then there's, uh, eyes. I believe there were, I don't remember what eyes were. And then there were U's unsatisfactory. I was always uh, I dying, a you. Dying to know what the eyes were. I think the eyes were indifferent. It just won't work. <laughs> uh, I'm at a loss. Maybe it stood for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I quit. I quit. <laughs> I, I got paddled as a kid. I remember there's this kid Bruce Holder in our school who they had paddling corporal punishment. I haven't heard wow. that word in a while. And I remember uh, he was going to get paddled because he did something and he fainted in the hallway. Uh, oh I don't know whatever happened, but he fainted and they, they took him to the nurse's office. And then the, the teacher called his mom and said, uh, hi, Mrs. Holder, uh, your son uh, said the F bomb and did something else. And he we were going to paddle him and he fainted. And she says, well, when his ass wakes up, paddle him. <laughs> that was it. So different mentality. I grew up in southern Indiana. Yeah. You you gave a kid a smack if he did something wrong every once in a so, while. So different, are, different decades, baby. I mean, right. You know. So what is it, Dick Spate Jr.? What, well, what well, is it? Now it's different because, you know, you, we're talking about lockdown school. So the, the issue with um, what kids are navigating is very different than, than classroom learning because, you know, and I know this from dealing with my own children. I also know this from talking to friends of mine who are teachers, and that is kids just get up and walk away. It's not, you know, you wouldn't get up and leave class, but you get up and walk away from a screen. It's hard to keep their attention and keep them engaged and keep them present, literally physically pre present. They can shut their camera off. They can be doing a, a little text chain that no one's aware of down here to the right. They could have a second, second computer or a second window open on their computer and be watching 
David Dobrik YouTube videos or and porn. not watch it porn. and not class. Porn's hard to do on a school computer. Those school computers are, are <laughs> logged, are kind of built to that have that not It's work. more that they're talking to their friends at the same yeah. time. Or, right, 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 right. That- or, or, or playing a game. But at my house, the, uh, the teenagers are, uh, it's more like during school hours, like I'm like the, uh, I'm the, sh- I'm the cook. I make the yeah. lunches. Yeah. I get them up. Yeah. But they're like, then they're like, get out of my room. Like I can't knock if they're in the class. Like, dad, I'm in class. Like I have to you know, kind of stay away. Yeah. But Rich, Rich's youngest is what, nine, eight or nine? Nine. Yeah. How yeah, do you, so he's, Jesus. He, Rich has to be more hands-on. How do him. you have to, how do you, for me, I, you know, it's like, you know, I talked to, do you have a propensity, big word for me, to just uh, hang out with people who have kids like the both of you? Because for me, I have, I can relate to somebody like my friend Rob. It's like, oh, my dog shit all over the house today. He's like, oh, fuck, dude. But like, do you feel like you need to relate to somebody who has children too? So is that why you guys get along? I know you've been friends a long time, but do mo- are most of your friends married, kids? Are those people you sort of relate more to? Is that why when people get girlfriends and wives and kids, they stop hanging out with the single loser? Like, Well, myself? I'll tell you something. I think largely our social group, um, certainly the social group we share through Rob's band and through Supernatural and all this stuff, almost everybody's married with kids or has gotten married in the time we've known each other. But I actually think it's not that I, I think when you have kids, you're immediately like so long single lamos off to the married <laughs> club. We go, I think, I think your entire life schedule shifts. It's like, if you're a hog farmer, you're not hanging out with the night DJ. Cause you're up at four feeding animals. Like the, the idea that your life has changed so dramatically when you have kids farmer. throws you onto a schedule right, right. that is different. So I have single buddies. And they'll go like, hey, you want to go grab a beer? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. What are you going to like, let's meet at uh, blah, 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 nine. Nine? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> how, nine about a, how about a diet <laughs> soda at, at the counter at four? I'm just like, if my taillights aren't aimed home by nine, if, my, if, if I go to sleep and there's not a nine in front of the hour, my day the next day is effed, you know, because yeah, it's just, yeah. I remember my, when my sister, I have two older sisters, and I remember when my oldest sister Barbie got married and had her first uh, kid. And Barbie was always super fun and social. And I went to visit her in Alexandria, Virginia, where she was living with her, uh, her husband and her new, new baby or, you know, toddler. And she's like, all right, well, let's have dinner. And I'm like, it's six. <laughs> and she said, yeah, that's when we eat dinner. I'm like, who on God's green earth eats dinner at six? Let's, let's eat dinner at nine. Let's do, like I, my <laughs> mind was still in that. And she, and she was saying nine, well, go enjoy your dinner. Cause we're feeding the kids at six and our, we'll be God willing asleep by nine. And I thought that was loony. And then of course, decades later, I had my own kids and I, I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. Okay. Inside of you is brought to you by rocket money. I love rocket money. You know why? Cause everyone should have rocket money. Cause it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore? And we're paying so much money. It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got rocket money. <laughs> I, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming dev- uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget 
after this trial period, it kicks in and they're it's charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small. And at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I look at you guys and I think, of course, these two should have children. They're grounded. <laughs> they're lovely human beings. And that's why I gauge like whether I would be a good father. I just think that it's a mistake. I think the child will be a mistake. I think right. I, 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 well, not a mistake, but I think I will kill myself trying to be something 
because I will never be as I, look, I always have this issue with trying to be great at everything. And I'm working on that because you can't right. be, especially as a father, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, and, uh, you know, I definitely don't want them to follow in my footsteps. I want them to be secure and loved and, and feel like, so, I mean, are you, I talked to, to, to Robbie about this, but like, are you, do you feel like you, uh, do you make a lot of big mistakes? Are you hard on yourself or are you just kind of easy going and let things kind of flow? I'm not easy going. I'm, I'm the hard opposite of easy going and I make a shitload of mistakes, but I don't think you can parent and not make mistakes because it's not an exact science. It simply isn't. You don't know the personality of the child you're going to have. You don't know what's going to work or not work with that child. And then if you have another child, say you get in a groove with old number one, here comes number two with a whole different set of criteria. Not the same, same right. parents, not the same journey for the child. And I'll say something to piggyback on something you said about like you think you'd you know, screw it up because you are right now a man who is not teamed up with somebody that you want to enter this venture adventure with. Like, I think a lot of having children for me, and I would love to hear Rob's two cents on this, although I think I know what he's going to say, was I've outpunted my coverage when it came to marrying somebody with attributes and qualities that I admire. So the idea of teaming up with her to have kids, I'm like, we can do this. Sort of like, all right, neither one of us know what we're doing. But you liked your family. I liked my family and I like you and you like me. Let's let's give this a go. And there's something very much like rah-rah about it. That's part of the fun adventure and challenge of having kids is the team team element of it. I mean, I can't imagine being a single dad. I never have been, uh, knock on wood. And a single mom, even harder. I, I can't imagine that journey. But for me, being uh, happily married to somebody I admire. And, and when I see attributes of her in my children, I think, good, thank God they pulled that from my wife. That's great. Rob, you know? you, yeah. Rob, you want to take that one? Yeah. You know, for me, it's a little bit uh, different now because uh, like I said, I've been through this kind of life change and um, I find myself for the first time uh, parenting solo half the time the kids are with me and I'm, I'm by myself with them. Um, uh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, and like to what I was saying earlier, like that's why my ex-wife and I still have such a great relationship because the children were created out of love and our, our joint, uh, desire to do this together, you know, and, and that just doesn't go away. Um, so certainly, yeah, that was the reason I had kids. It was the same thing. I was scared, scared shitless, uh, especially because of what happened with my dad. And I didn't, you know, when I found out my firstborn was going to be a son, I was like, holy Christ, I don't know how to, I don't know how, what it is to be a father. You know what I mean? I don't have anything, any reference for being a father. Um, and, uh, you know, and another buddy of mine was like, well, that's probably why you're having a son. So you can figure that out. Right. And, oh, that means, uh, yeah. so, you know, but, but, but now I, I find myself sort of in this sort of new world in terms of, fortunately, I've got two really good kids. They're teenagers. They, you know, uh, they're really like, you know, buddies that I need to feed <laughs> friends that I need to feed. Well, uh, yeah. Let me ask you this. What was, and if it's not too personal, you know, how I get personal, that's my middle yeah. name, but yeah. like, who was there for you to console you when this all went down, when, when you did get divorced and you had to go through this shit, who did you turn to and were you a mess? Uh, yeah, I had a really rough uh, couple of years um, and I was, you know, um, yeah, I was um, a bit out of control and, uh, you know, I'd, I had friends like like Rich. Um, I have this other group of uh, 
uh, dudes that I know that it actually are, are, are not married. Um, and, and they, they were there for me cause it's hard. Cause a lot of my friends that are married, they have their own shit going on. Um, but rich was in the, rich was in the trenches with me and, and, and certainly helped me a lot. Um, and, and then I've got this other group of friends that are dudes that, that are in their forties, but not like you, Mike, and, and never married. And, uh, they were there too. And just friends, man, just friends. But you, it was hard. Yeah. It was really hard. You guys it are, hard. it seems like you're inseparable. You've done so much work together. You've known each other how long? Oh, like 13 years or so, probably. I mean, at this point. Yeah. We've known of each other for probably 20 years, but yeah. but but we're friends, you know, 13, 14 did, years Did ago. you meet on Supernatural? Well, that's a, see, there's a story there. Because <laughs> uh, I had seen Rob Benedict's work on, on television and in film. And thought he was a really talented guy and he's one of those dudes that i would see at auditions right because we're kind of the same category yeah. uh, of guy both hunks so we would, yeah both hunks <laughs> and it would be us it'd be dean kane you know the huge <laughs> the huge <laughs> <laughs> and so like we're like uh i'd cross Bobo's path a lot and i'm one of those dudes like and rob knows this about me like if i if i liked you in something I, there's no ego. I will walk up and be like, God, just watch an episode of TV you're on. You just knocked the I'm socks I'm like that. I do that too, like, all the time. Yeah. And some actors are like, I, was, I like that guy, but I don't, I don't want to show my hand. Yeah. I don't want to say that I liked it. Cause then, you know, next time we're in the audition room, he'll think like he's got me. And I think like, <laughs> like, he's got me. So like, <laughs> he'll think I'm soft. Uh, so I, t- I, I, I saw Bobo a couple of times where I was like, oh man, I'm a big fan. And the joke is, and it's obviously been blown up over time for a comedic effect. But in truth, Rob would forget that we had met. So I would go up to him like, Rob Benedict, <laughs> Rich Spade, saw you and blah, blah, blah. Man, that was just great. Oh, thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. And, you know, on our merry way we go. Then I go to a pilot taping. A buddy of mine wrote. And there's Rob is one of the regulars. And I come down afterwards. I'm like, Rob Benedict. Oh my God. Rich Spade. Look at you. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> then after two, it became like, I ran into him at Halloween. Well, we were doing Supernatural. We were overlapping. We weren't, we were not working in the same episodes, but I would see Rob, like he was on the call sheet for the next episode. So we'd overlap. And we'd overlap in the apartment. I remember like, oh, Rob Benedict's moving in here after yeah. I leave. So yeah. I'd leave like a funny outgoing message like, this is Rob Benedict's apartment. <laughs> You've reached me. I'm in the shower. It could be hours. Uh, I'll call you back. You know, it was back, back before we had everybody. Was, we actually had landlines in the apartments. Somebody shut I, their I, dog I, up. No, nah, anyway, Luna's Luna barks. Luna barks at friendlies. Cuddles up to the enemy. I almost, at friendlies. I almost yelled at my dog, shut up. But they're not doing anything. <laughs> it's fine um but so i run into robin trick-or-treating he's out with his kids two kids like they're cut out of magazines i'm chasing (laughs) my kids around hurting them with a rake and robbie he's there and i'm like rob hey rich spade and he goes and he goes hey hey man with that look of i don't know who you are you know that clear like glazed over i'm like rich Spate, uh, supernatural, uh, you know, we met a couple times, supernatural. And he's like, ah, yeah, no, hey, hey, uh, good to see you, buddy. Good, I gotta, you know, go with these better looking kids, but I'll be, you know, thanks for stopping. <laughs> and <laughs> not true. Then, then all led us to, that led up to this time I was at the 
Grove. No, yeah, no, Arclight. Jesus, Arclight. Rob, Arclight. how could you forget his face? Oh. It was, we did, none of this is true. None it's of this true. is actually true. <laughs> this is true. And Bar- Rob, you, you can't dispute this. I go up, I'm out with my special lady friend, my wife, the machete, and we go up to the bar at the Arclight to have a cocktail before the screening. And if you know that area, it's a small, you know, slender bar area and a couple of cocktail tables. And we sat down at one end. And at the far end, I see a young Rob Benedict and his wife, Molly, out for a date night themselves. And I'm like, oh, there's there's that guy, Rob Benedict and his wife on a date night. Neat. And I go to the bar and I order a drink. And he goes, hey, are you that guy from Supernatural? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. And he looks over and he goes, isn't that guy also from Supernatural? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's Rob Benedict. He's also in Supernatural. And the guy's like, oh. Why aren't you guys talking to each other as he's turning my beer? I'm like, he never remembers me, man. I just, I'm done. Please, <laughs> please say he came up to you. Please. I didn't see him. You didn't? I didn't no, see him. It, man. I didn't I'm see him. I just, I just, I confided in the bartender. I didn't see him. A, a I, re- back I remember, and- see, see, my side of that whole story is that I remember Rich Spate. Rich Spate was really... Uh, he booked like 80,000 commercials back in the day. And so when I used to do a lot of, of commercial auditions, he was always in the waiting room. And I remember like, if he was there, you're fucked. Like he, he had the job, but so I just kind of knew who he was and he was also just really nice and he was a nice guy. So you, you know, you couldn't hate on him. Um, so I just kind of knew his face. I remember meeting him at that pilot taping and I remember him at Halloween. I had t- actually two young children, be- beautiful as they may be. They're, as you well know, Rich, a lot of work. So it was a little more like, oh, hey, man, yeah, hey, man, I got to run with the kids. Hey, nice seeing you. Right, right, Which right. wasn't enough for old Richie. <laughs> wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. I remember, I, I remember you looked at my kids. You go, those are your kids? Oh, not, not sorry, bro. Poor you. Poor that you, Richard the- Spate. Hey, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. So, yeah. I mean, the first time you guys hung out, was it on Supernatural, though? I mean, actually hung out and you were like... Conventions. It yeah, was the, conventions. conventions. Yeah. So you so do the these conventions time. with Jensen and Jared, the Supernatural things, and, yeah. you know, our friends Jason Mann's there, and you start, yeah. you're playing music together, and also, no, Richard, you're both signing because you're actors on the show. Yeah, at this point, there was no musical component to the conventions. This is early, early on. There's no band. There's no... I mean, Rob had a band, but there was no band playing the conventions. It was kind of the old model of walk on, do your 30-minute panel to a smattering of applause, walk off, go sit at your table, you know, kind of move through the system like that. There was not a lot of interaction between the character, between the actors. Right, right, well, My right. band actually did a one-off concert at one of the conventions in Burbank. It was a one-off thing, and Richard came to the show, which was cool because no, normally the actors take off. Um, back in the wow, day they would and uh, came to the show and stood in line at our autograph session so he could say hey to the band, which I thought was a very Rich humble Spade. thing for this guy to Rich Spade yeah. Jr. Remember from the, the restaurant and the yeah and the Every other five band times me, but Rob. I mean I remember Mike Borja's <laughs> eye lit up, uh, you know, Billy Moran's like, Oh sure, Norton. Mike Borja's eye, his one eye. His one eye. <laughs> so how did you his, his butthole lit up? Well, well <laughs> now you're inseparable. And it's like, how did this relationship really, I mean, in a nutshell, you don't have to talk about it too much, but like, so you guys became, how did you really, because you do so much together that I'm like, you must really like each other. You have a podcast, Kings of Con, you did a show, Kings of Con, right? And you did a show, Kings of Con, and you did another show that was formerly before Kings of Con talking with Richard or some shit, right? Right. So we, uh, yeah, we, um, did a, we actually, uh, raised money and did a, um, uh, 
a show uh, on Comic Con had a fledgling uh, network web website that had was, was Lionsgate doing... was the big eight hundred pound gorilla behind that bad boy. Yeah, Lionsgate uh, did you know original content, and we uh, we produced a show for that network, uh, ten episodes called Kings of Con. Was that with Alan available? Tudyk and Nathan Fillion? That was that at the was same, same t- exact same time. Funny exact story exact about some funny story about that is we wrote the show. We called it uh, Con Men. Mm. And and it was about, you know, it was the same. The, the, the idea was it was Rich and I doing the conventions and we're not famous anywhere else but at the conventions. And, you know, like, you know, we're only famous like, you know, 12 weekends a year. Yeah, that was uh, our that was the, the the tagline in the poster. Meet Rob and Rich. These two men are super famous 13 weekends a year. Right. And awesome. and, and, you know, and that the craziest people at the conventions are the actors themselves. And so we right. we, ra- we did this video and raised this and did a an online campaign to raise some money, and before we were sort of about to release it to the world, the like press came out with this this press release that Nathan Fillion uh, had this new show, um, and it was called Con Man. Well, that was there d- just to put a fine point on it. We were launching our crowdfunding campaign. They launched their crowdfunding campaign. That's what right. That's what out. it was. Yeah, they launched their crowdfunding campaign and broke records. Like they just smashed yeah. goals, and it was a great, really well executed campaign. And we were literally about to hit send on ours. Had to scramble back and retitle everything because we were they were con man and we were con men. I mean, like, it was what? just one of those things where they had the same idea, uh, same name, and were doing it better than us. <laughs> you know, my friend Dax once said, and you know, name drop, but like he does have some good advice every once in a while. But he said, Rosie, if you're a janitor and you have this idea about being a janitor on toilets, don't you think other janitors have thought about this idea with toilets and whatever it is? It's like we're actors. Right. We have ideas. Whatever we're doing, yeah. we have an idea. We go to conventions. Oh, wouldn't it be cool? There's probably a lot of actors that have come up with these ideas. Having yeah. your own twist, timing, having people back you, all these other things are out of our control and it sucks. Correct. But um but you did 10 episodes and you loved it and it was uh well you know we had this we had we we had a come to jesus talk we're like because my instinct is always like well fuck it we got beat we're we're done we're done and you know rich was like listen man there's it's the same you know we're the chicago hope to their er there's no reason that that the world can't have two shows like this yeah we are ourselves there's no way we're going to be them we are have our own unique take on it Let's rename it and fucking forge ahead, and and that's what we did, and we're proud of what we what we created. These ten episodes are on a on a pretty small budget, are uh, we think really funny and really hold and up. Available on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. I mean, look, there was Leviathan, there was the Abyss at the same time. There was exactly. There's always there's nine one one with SWAT, yeah. and there's right. You know, you're right. There's uh, you know, if you have a uh, enough of a, a fan base or. Um, you know, but I'm glad you went through with it and you shot the 10 episodes and yeah, guys, you should check that out, but you guys, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's funny. It's, it, you know, stars a lot of our friends from supernatural, um, sort of an homage to the, to what our actual experiences are, but, uh, you know, but I'll say this and done I, up for comic you, this, this show is made, but for any of you, anybody listening who thinks, you know, well, I don't know conventions. I won't enjoy the show. My pitch was always, you don't have to have been a writer on SNL to have enjoyed 30 rock. You don't have to know conventions to enjoy because it's a situational comedy. The, the the characters and the situations are what drive it. The wallpaper is unique in that it's a convention world. Um, but, you know, you come for the convention, you stay for the haha, And the haha is the, is the characters and how they interact. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Wasn't it Dick Spate Jr. that's sitting right here with me? Isn't he the guy that brought you to the hospital, Rob, when you had the stroke many moons ago? Yeah, when you're asking about the uh, when you're asking about our friendship, you know, we 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 in like 2011 or something, we did a convention in Rome, and that's I think when we were like, it went beyond like, oh, that guy that I kind of know. It was like, oh, I re-, like it was, you know, you you meet certain people in your life that you're like, oh wow this guy really gets it. Like I get it. And we're right. getting it in the same way. And our, our humor was, you know, my brother likened it to like playing basketball with someone that's just really easy to do. You, you throw a no look pat, no look pass and they're right there, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, we kept getting paired together after that at conventions cause we, we jived together so well. Um, but then, yeah, our, and then our relationship definitely took another step forward when, uh, he, he uh, got me to that. He was the guy, the guy that got me to the hospital. I mean, I was having a stroke and uh, obviously that was the last thing that anyone thought was actually happening. And Rich had the wherewithal to Didn't he call you? You were in your hotel room. Didn't he call you up? You want to take yeah, that, Rich? It, it was, uh, so it was in Toronto and we were all going to go have a steak after wrapping it up on Sunday. And so the group, Jared Jensen, Misha, uh, Cliff, myself, and we were going to go and Rob was on that, that list of people who were going to walk across the street. Like it was like down the block and go have a steak, which we'd done the year before kind of a thing we did in Toronto. And Rob was still signing autographs. We left. So we're like, all right, we'll just meet you there, Robbie. And you kind of was like, all right, waves is on. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And I text him, you know, Hey, we're waiting. And he's like, not feeling it. And that is like, did not sound like Rob, like not feeling it. Like we'd been busting our hump for 72 hours. You're not going to come. What? So I called him and I said, Hey, we're, we're all waiting. We're not going to order until you get here. Cause we don't want, you know, we're get out here. Well, I'll order you a martini. And, and he was like, I it's just, I, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know. And I got yeah, a feeling, you know, I'm like, dude, you're stressed. You, I know you, you're wound like a banjo string. You're probably all, you know, like, you know, riddled with anxiety. Get out, get out of the eye of the storm. Come on, go over here. And he's like, no, I don't know. I'm not going to do it. And we hung up and I was like, none of that made sense to me. And I can't explain why. I just went back to the guys and I said, this doesn't make sense, man. I'm going back. I'm going to the hotel. This does not something doesn't make sense. It just didn't sound right. It just like, and I always make the joke. I've never known Rob to turn down a free martini, but <laughs> that's the simple way of saying it. But it was like, there's just something not right. The way he was phrasing it, the energy that I know we just had in the middle of the day and we were planning on this and just to do a 180 like that. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, like when a 911 person knows, Oh, there's somebody with a gun to this person's head on the other, other line of the other end of the phone. I should send the cops. Like it was just a weird moment. Was he and mumbling at all? Was he, was he, was it a mumble kind of like slurred speech? It thing? was just an indecisive. He wasn't slurring. He, he, it, 
and I know this sounds again like a bit, but Rob's sort of natural speech pattern. And remember, it was going to progress and get worse as the night went on. But at this moment, his natural speech patter, pattern lent itself to not revealing what was going on. His sort of, you know, comedic like, ah, you know, I mean, really? You know, that became the speech pattern, but he wasn't coming out of it. It was like he would just just keep doing that as opposed to, Rich, I'm not feeling good, man. I got to lay down. I'm shot. That's a sentence. I could go, oh, okay. But it was more like, ah, I don't know. You know, it's just, I just feel, I don't know, man. And you're like, okay. Mm. You know, it just didn't seem right. It just didn't seem right. So you went to the hotel. You Did you go up to the room? I went to the hotel. I went to the room, and there was one of the handlers there who had walked him back to his room, and she looked concerned. I'm like, what? We have handlers walking us to and from our rooms. And she's like, I don't know, man. He just seemed out of it at the end of the autograph session. And I'm like, okay, I'll go talk to him. And she goes, but he didn't want anybody in there. And we're like, well, I'm, I'm going in there. And and I went in there and was talking to him. And he's like, I don't know, man. I just blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of hemming and hawing. I'm like, okay. And th- I said, dude, are you okay? He's like, I just, you know. And I thought he was having an anxiety attack. You know, I thought something had gotten gotten him worked up. And I'm like, I, this is okay. This is odd. There's a, there's a guy who's a sound guy who had a, has a, you know, I don't think he's a practicing physician anymore, but he had been. And I said, you know, I told the gals like, maybe go grab him and bring him up here. Meanwhile, I'm talking to him and he's like, I just want to watch the, you know, the game. I'm like, okay, cool. Football game. And I call Misha. Misha's phone. And I'm like, something ain't right. This, that something, this is not right. Uh, I'm going to have to hang here, uh, you know? And he's like, M- Misha's like, put him on the phone. So I put him on the phone with Misha. Misha talked to him for a second and he got on the phone. He's like, yeah, something's not right. Cause the way Rob was hemming and hawing. And I was like, Rob, who's the quarterback of the team you're playing? Who you, you know, who's that guy? It's, uh, you know, and I'm like, dude doesn't know. Like he's not saying, anything Jesus and I'm on the phone Misha. And he's like could it be a stroke and i'm like i don't know but it ain't right and the doc came up sat with him had him talk, talk to him for a little bit had him do a few tests and he said it's not a stroke he's having an anxiety attack let's let him sleep it off and i said oh. okay and he left the room and i'm like that dude's wrong i'm not do- i'm not li- i'm not leaving I'm taking him to the all hospital. i wanted to do was sleep i just <laughs> yeah, remember I the you time i just sleep. wanted to sleep and i was like dude i gotta take you to the doctor and you're like no no i don't go to the doctor i'm like I know I'm the asshole. If I'm wrong, dinner's on me. But I got to take you. If he would have slept and you would have said fine, because a lot of people, it's a long day. You're out with your friends. You're thinking of things. You want to go out for a drink, watch football. You go, ah, he's tired. Most of the time, it's just fatigue. It's anxiety. I get that. If you let Rob go to sleep, we might not have Rob. Is that fair to say? Yes. Yeah. At, at, the, you know, at the very least, I, I may not, you know, may not, never have uh, been able to, to speak. I mean, it was, it was, I was losing words and I couldn't, it, what he, I think what he really saw was that I was having a hard time putting anything together, putting words together. 
Right. It wasn't comic shtick anymore. Like didn't I was I, like, didn't I put, yeah. didn't I, did I, when I was watching the game, didn't I like call the football a banana or something you said like that? Something I, I remember and I can't, I wish I could remember exactly what it was. It was also something in that framework. Now this, at this point, I've already said, we're going to the doctor. I already leaned out and I said, girls, get a car, not an ambulance, get a car. We're driving to the hospital. We're not going to make a scene. We're just going to get out of here. And so they were wrestling up a car and you're sitting there and you, you used a word incorrectly dramatically so like oh he just uh scored a bookshelf and you're like yeah man okay like you know he you did something <laughs> with a word replacement that you're like right mm. and then we go to the hospital and this is the thing that was so i'm still thinking and rob you leap in any time man i know it's your story but i just like i'm still thinking i'm wrong it's anxiety i'm being overly cautious here but you know what i'm gonna err on caution but in my mind i'm like you know how this plays out you get over there and you find out your buddy's got indigestion, not a heart problem, like, you know, whatever. And we get over there and there's a pretty full waiting room, like there would be in any emergency room. And we go up to sign in and I go, hey, my buddy here is having a hard time, like putting thoughts together. And I don't know, maybe nothing, but a little concerned. And she goes, okay, what's his name? And I go, or what's your name? And I go, it's Rob Benedict. She's like, no, no, no. I need him to talk to me. Uh, what's your name? And you go, it, it, and immediately she's pushing a button under the table. Like immediately I see her pushing something. Wow. And five seconds later, while he's going, Rob Benedict, four doctors walk out. Turns out, by accident, we're at Toronto's premier stroke center hospital. It happened to be the closest hospital we went to. And she hit the button and the stroke team was in the waiting room, standing next to Rob waiting room full of people and like they're like nope you're sir you're on a gurney boom and we're going and we're like whoa okay oh man i just got emotional too i i I don't know right when you said the button thing i don't know i got a little emotional that's oh that's just overwhelming oh man holy uh, shit do you remember the button part rob or is that did only i see that part i think just you saw saw that but uh yeah no i just remember getting a cat scan pretty much right away and just thinking, what the fuck is going on? I, yeah. you know, I kept thinking this has got to be some kind of weird. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I was forty three. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense? And um, I don't have high cholesterol. You know, nothing like that. No history no, fit of guy. You know, healthy yeah. weight. Like, there's no telltale signs. Which, by the way, cautionary tale to anybody listening: there are no telltale signs. A stroke could hit a young fella. You know I mean, what I mean? Is yeah, the, the, the signs are you know the signs they talk about, like if speech is slurred or. Face is drooping, can't lift one arm, go to the hospital right away because time is the, of the essence. You have to capture, get it right away because you're getting, you're having a blood loss to your brain. Um, and so then, then these doctors are around my, my, around me back in this room. I mean, this is how I remember it. And this really strict kind of doctors like you're, so you're having a stroke. Uh, we need to give you this medication, this blood clot buster. Right. That's, uh, but there's a what 11 17% chance i remember the, i think it was a 14% chance it kills you it kills you and and i remember the dude coming out i'll never forget this Jesus this was like a Christ. moment man i'm standing there i'm as close to next kin as he's got you know at this moment and rob's in the bed and i'm standing there and the doctor who by the way he's not a stand up comedian i get it right but real cold like he's yeah. a stroke guy you know his his bedside manner is i'm going to give you the facts and you need to tell me an answer right now quickly and they're wrapping Rob an IV around his around his his, his arm, 
and they're getting a, a, the needle in and the whole thing. And he's like, here's what's going on. You're having a stroke. You have this percent of brain damage right now. The medicine you need, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's a very common stroke emergency medication. The medicine you need, uh, I need to give to you right now. Um, it does, there's a 30% chance it does nothing. There's a you know 50% chance it will, uh, you know, 55% chance it, it will improve, reduce the damage. And there's a 14 to 15% chance it will kill you. It'll cause it'll you cause more bleeding in your brain, your and your you'll bleed out. And they need to know that now. Do. Yeah, I, I, and and Rob goes Molly, and I said I think he wants to call his wife Molly, and he looked at Rob and he goes Molly can't help you right now, and I was like whoa, and I remember Rob and I looked at each other and we both started laughing because it was like crisis laughter. I was like motherfucker, like this ain't a bit, man. This guy just said there's a 15% chance. And I'm like, are you wrapping his arm to give him the drug right now? I am. As soon as he nods his head, yes. If he were, un if he were unconscious, I would have already given him the drug. He's conscious. So by law, I have to get his approval. The second he nods, yes, we're pushing in the drugs. And we'll find out in 48 hours if it does nothing, if it helps, or if it kills him. And I was like, I remember looking at Rob, and I'm like, yeah, Rich is like crying. <laughs> at this point, Rich starts crying. And that's yeah. our, and I realize like, I'm fucked. This is fucked. This is really fucked. And yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're laughing and crying. And uh, I finally just kind of nod my head and. And they and they give you the shot and they give it to me. And it helped, obviously. And 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 I was lucky it, it, it did Saves help. Life. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, it brought you the, the Rob. Oh, the other thing the guy said, which is he's like, if I don't give you the medicine, you will keep getting worse or you'll stay like you are. And that's no way to live. Because at this point, Rob couldn't speak. At this point, Rob, like if Rob was frozen and that, if that was the new normal for Rob, he's learning everything over again. And it was intense. Like that guy was saying, that guy was not, that guy was not pulling punches. Thank God. Cause the clock's ticking. You know, he didn't have time for the bullshit. There's no hand holding. It's like, <sighs> yeah, I need an answer. I need an answer 10 minutes ago. So Rob and yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's it. I mean, like it was just, it was just such an intense experience. Intense is intense. Yeah. More, you know, obviously more for Rob than, than, than for me, but uh, nonetheless, but Rob, so, you know, we know obviously the rest is history and you, you improved and you it, it took a lot of work and you had to really work on speech therapy and things like that. Right. Yeah. 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 And it kind of got worse before it got better. It was 48 hours in the ICU. It was kind of terrifying. I mean, I'm, I'm shaking right now, just sort of talking about just cause it just, it, 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 it doesn't go, it doesn't go away. It was, it was a life altering moment, uh, traumatic. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it got worse before it got better and kind of had to slowly learn to speak again or just the words just slowly started. Their, their, their advice was just to keep talking. Um, what so they kept the, trying what, to yeah. get me to talk. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do now to sort of uh, prevent? Is there anything you could do to prevent other than eating well or doing the best you can? Is it, so, is it one thing? Does the doctor just say, Rob, you're okay now. You're fully healthy. You're recovered. Chances are this isn't going to happen again. You just need to go live your life and not worry about it. That's exactly what he said. Yeah, when I got I got back, to, that was in Toronto, right? So I was I was there for you know a couple of weeks, and then I finally flew home. Um, saw the doctors here, um, and then uh, you know it took a couple of months. I was in speech therapy, and then also my carotid ar artery still wasn't working over here. 
um, because that's where I had this tear in my carotid artery. So that's where your pulse is, and you've got two carotid arteries. So this one on the left, I had no pulse over here because it had shut down. And um, that's a scary way to live too, because that means if this one goes down, you're, you're done. Right. So in Toronto, they said that would never heal. But the doctor here said you had 50% chance it could heal. And a couple months later, it actually did heal. My, my blood started flowing on this side again. So besides, I, you know, I get a, a sonogram every couple of years just to make sure there's no plaque in there. My carotid's working. Um, I used to take uh, blood thinners, and then I stopped doing that and just start taking aspirin, low dose of aspirin every day. And then I stopped doing that. So yeah, the doctor said, live your life. He was like, you know, don't be stupid. Don't, don't go on roller coasters. Don't, don't do anything that's going to jostle your, your neck around, because that's really what it was. It was like I had my, some, some, for some reason, my carotid artery tore. So he's like, don't, no, no high contact physical sports. You know, I don't, I don't don't go upside down. I used to do like upside down against the wall, you know, like my workouts and stuff. I don't do that anymore. How often do you think about it uh, in, in a year? Every day. Every day you still think about it. Uh, Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. And, and it just, it, it just never go. I mean, you know, I, 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 the older you get, you, you, it's hard to remember certain things. I feel like for me, that's worse than it used to be. It's all part of getting older, but also just like every time I don't remember something, I'm having a conversation. Rich knows, I mean, all the time, like what's, what's the thing the, the or who's the guy or what, it, you know, every time I'm like, oh fuck, is it happening? Cause it's, it was that, uh. what was so terrifying about it is it was, I was, Rich is right. It was like, I was stuck. I was stuck in that mode of looking for a word and no word ever came. And so every time I forget a word or something, I think about that, you know, that well, what if yeah. the next word just doesn't come to me. Well, look, I appreciate the story. It's, it's, it's just, Captain, I was looking at my, uh, my buddy, my partner over here, my engineer, uh, Ryan, and he's just like, he had never heard of it. And he's just like, all str- just like, wow. And it is an amazing story. And it just, it really will help people though, to, you know, just if they're going through it or if they've experienced it or whatever, or if they haven't experienced it, it's something, it's a wake up call and it's something you can't control. And right. it's just, uh, it's life. And it's like, you survived it and, uh, you owe everything to Richard Spate. So no, 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 but look, that, so this whole story, this friendship, if, if anything kind of cemented this friendship forever, it's, you yeah. know, that, that moment, you know, I, without having to ask you about other things about experiences, but it brings us to, you know, this awesome podcast, which I was just on the Kings of con, which is, is so much fun. And you have so much of a following. How did this happen? What? Why did you want to do another podcast with all the other actors and all the things that are going on? This is just something you thought this is easy. Let's just do it for us. Or did you think, oh, let's do it? Maybe you know we have enough fans. Maybe people will listen. I mean, who whose idea? Who was the mastermind behind it? Rob, I can't. Yeah, Rob's baby. Yeah, I kind of had to convince Rich to do it um, at the beginning of lockdown. I was like, look, we're we're locked down. What if what if the the idea is that every every week you're my guest? And it was called, and my guess is Richard Spade. <laughs> Which made me laugh immediately. I'm like, I'm in. That's funny. It's also like the the Fleetwood Mac thing on SNL, right? He never gets to, you know, what up with that? What up with yeah. that? She said, yeah. he said, my guess is from Fleetwood Mac, it is uh, Lindsey Buckingham. <laughs> Lindsay and they Buckingham, never get to yeah. Lindsey Buckingham. And people yeah. are like, most people are like, who's Lindsey Buckingham? Unless you're us who know Lindsey Buckingham from Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Anyway, I love that too. But so then it became Kings of Con. And that became Kings of Con, and and you know now we have guests. At first there were no guests except Rich, and now now we have guests like you yeah. on. And uh, and it became uh, Kings of Con because we were doing it, 
like everybody we know, yourself included, Michael, um, Rob and I can't sit still, man. Like we're dudes who, who've got to be doing something. <laughs> no, like, and and we want to be doing something fun and creative. And if it's not standing on a stage with a live mic, making jokes at each other's expense, it's writing the script. And if it's not writing the script, it's like, ooh, let's just shoot something fun with our phones. If we're not doing that, it's like, let's at least have a beer and make each other laugh. Can't do that because of lockdown. So it became, well, let's just do this. And if our audience is just us, fine. Well, you know, Rob will write some music. We'll have a few laughs. That'll be the bit. And it became so organic to both of us. We both started enjoying it so much and building an audience that we're like, we actually had a couple of dudes who actually do it for a living. Friends of ours go like, build it up a little bit. Like, like give yourself some bandwidth to expand. So it's not just and Richard Spate. Cause right now you're playing for an audience of people who have to know who Richard Spate is to get the joke versus if you open it up to, yeah, it could be just you guys, but also, you actually have a reach of people and you have experiences and you can tap into that for comedic effect and, 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 and use the baseline of conventions to have people coming out, use your known brand to, to get guests involved. You know what else is wonderful about that is that you can, it's also a platform for you to have direct communication with your, with your fans and your friends and your family where, you're talking about things that they maybe can relate to. You're telling them, hey, if you want to see us play here, it's like it's something like, hey, we're going to go in and, and, and be part of this family for an hour. And, you know, and they could follow you, whatever you're doing. It's instead of just posting all the time, you're talking to them and you're saying and they feel like they know you and, you, and they do know you. And uh, so that, that's there's something nice about that. It's cool. And, and I, you know, I, guests come on, talk about whatever they want. But Rob and I early on were like, look, we want to talk to people but we don't want to be talk show hosts. That's not what we want to do. The The goal is talk to people. And our, our sort of comedic business plan was if people listen to our podcast and learn anything about our guests, we haven't done our job. Like it, it should, it should be, our goal is just have a good time. If something well, spills yeah. out, great. If it's just a laugh and people feel like, Oh, I just listened in on three buddies having a beer. Great. That's yeah. also the goal. Like it's whatever it is. It was it was so enjoyable and you guys have such a good rapport and the back and forth. It did. It was just like that's how I like to do this podcast. More like a conversation. And if things kind of yeah. come out, they come out. And like you add little things. And who's I'm sorry, I can't think of her name. She's on the show with you. Tina. Tina, I love Tina. She was great. And she has her role, and you guys have your roles. And then Rob does this thing where he's like, all right, what's your pick a genre of music? And I said 90s. And he's like, all right, pick someone you want to talk about. I go, my grandma Blanche. And it was genius. And you did this little yeah. song about my grandmother in the style of Eddie Vedder. And yeah. you, you, you have a, just a fun, it's just, you know what it is? If nothing else, I just want to hang out with you guys. And I said that before this, today's podcast, I thought, I really just like these guys. I, I, I would love nothing more than to, I can't wait to, to just sit down with you or play guitar with you and have a beer or, you know, make sure it's before 9 p.m. for Richard. And, <laughs> and, and you're just two lovable, fucking yeah. good guys in an industry that seems like there's a lot of darkness. And yet you're the light at the end of the tunnel. And I, and I appreciate that. And your, your candor and your openness and your, you know, you telling these stories. And it's just it just uh, I, I enjoy the shit out of it. And, you know, a lot of people will think. You know, who's Michael Rosemont? Who's Richard Spate? Who's Rob Benedict? Well, when they listen to you, I, they like you. Yeah. You're likable. And well, I think that's a big part of it. 
Thanks, Thank man. Thank you, and same goes to you, buddy. Yeah. We feel the same. We're, we are blessed with, and I do think the industry can draw draw from society some some not great people, but there are great people in there if you take the time to look and listen and find them. And you know, we're all journeymen. We've all been at this a long time. We yeah. all have our our battle scars and our trophies and our our almost almost wins and are also rans. And I think when you, when you chalk up that kind of history and have it in your saddlebag and keep moseying across the desert, you meet some interesting wanderers along the way. Yeah. And you I are one of them that. and it is, and Rob is one of them. And I think it's, I think we're lucky to, to still be, still be on our horse. I love it. And then forward. by the way, thank you for allowing me to talk uh, about my, uh, my album on your, on your uh, podcast. That was nice. Album's great, Absolutely. Man. Thank You're you. Thank, this is called uh, Benedict and Spate's shit talking, shit talking with Benedict and Spate. This is rapid fire. These are my patrons who get to ask questions. Rapid okay. fire. You could both say it's Cindy H favorite city Spate. So, wait, wait, sorry. Favorite city. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee. Benedict. Chicago, Illinois. Great. Lisa H, I love the short-lived show, Kings of Con, brilliant concept. How true were the character personalities to the real Rob and Rich? Rich. Uh, half true, half um, made up. Rob. Yeah, C- comedic versions of the, our actual selves. Leanne P, who are some of your favorite heroes? Benedict. Like real heroes or, f- or fake Person- heroes? Well, your personal heroes. It could be anybody. Oh, okay. Um, <sighs> personal heroes. Um, my brother. My That's nice. Been, he, yeah, he, he became my sort of father after my dad left, which was a lot for him to handle. But uh, yeah, I really dig my bro. That's awesome. Rich? Skip Muck, the man I played in Band of Brothers, who was a real World War II veteran who lost his life during Battle of the Bulge. Getting to know about him through his family was a life-changing experience. And my high school football coach, Tommy Owen. Awesome. I learned more about acting from Tommy Owen than I ever did from any other acting teacher. <laughs> Thomas Owen, Rosie, what are the funniest things that have happened to you both of, to both of you on set of Supernatural? Rich, rapid fire. Uh, I had my mouth sewn shut as a character, so they had to glue my mouth shut. And for the rest of the day, people made uh, open fun of me because I couldn't respond. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> um, uh, on the set of Supernatural, um, I got to hit uh, Jared Padalecki with uh, a plunger and uh, and I kept getting it wrong. So I got multiple takes. So that was super fun getting to hit a guy, a six, five dude with a plunger like 10 times. <laughs> Angie, this one's for Rob. If you haven't already, please share your naked acupuncture story. <laughs> I mean, it's a long story, but basically the short version is that I never been to an acupuncturist before and uh, I went this year. Oh, no. He had me get naked. Uh, you could see the That's front door usual. opening. Unusual. And I, and I, on the podcast with Rich, I, him and Tina, I was like, is, is this normal? This happened to me. Is this normal? And they're like, no, that's not normal. That's just no, we weird. We had Rachel Harris on as our guest, and Rachel like literally was like flummoxed. Like, it was not normal. It's not normal. <laughs> that's weird. I've never yeah, had that. Yeah. This is from Maisha. Can you guys give a little Maisha? Aisha. What have you learned about each other working on your podcast together, Rob? Um, Things are coming. That uh, Rich uh, has a really good radio voice. Uh, and but uh, Yeah, but that he's not technically sound. Rob, That's funny. I was going to say, <laughs> here's what I learned. Rob's way more technically savvy than I am and can write 
write and record music very quickly. It was a quick turnaround and his musical creativity. Rich, give me a little DJ voice close to the camera where you say, you're listening to the Inside of You podcast. Uh, you're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum with superstars Rob Benedict and Richard Spade. You're listening to Michael Rosenbaum's star-studded podcast, Inside of You, with special guests Rob Benedict and Richard Spade Jr. Go inside these two and see why it's so freaking dark. <laughs> so freaking dark. I love that. I always wanted to be a DJ. I was a DJ in college. for. I, yeah. I, I might have an okay DJ timber, but I have the diction of a man who's had his jaw broken a few times. And so, like, I might have somewhere in the register of a DJ voice, but sort of my half lisp and shitty diction prevent me. I've never done a radio commercial. Nothing. Because as soon as I get in, like, oh, nice start, Richard Spate. Okay, do the product. Cry the delicious. I mean, like, <laughs> like, you do, like, I think you have a great part. voice, though. I always thought DJ voice would be cool. I always wonder how they are at home, though. It's like 99.5 WKDQ, listening to the hits of yesterday <laughs> and today, another 30-minute music marathon. Uh, right now, uh, I wonder how they are at home, though, right? Sweetheart, how was your day? It was great, honey. How are you? How was your day? It's just got to be the well, weirdest thing. I love my son's love slash hate it because I do my morning DJ voice a lot. Back when I'd be driving them to school, I'd be like, hey, the road's <laughs> back to people in Hong Kong. We're getting our way to nine o'clock in the morning. Time to wake up, check out the fog because you got to get to school. Don't be a fool. Get out there and learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to play the Oh, hey, I, listen, I love the hell out of both of you. I wish you continued success. I can't wait to see and hold you. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of both of you today. Thanks. I appreciate the invitation. And I want to leave this great story with one tidbit to circle Please back. Do. If you think you are with somebody who's having a medical concern and that medical concern is out of your realm of understanding, err on the side of caution and seek medical treatment. Take them to a doctor. If you're wrong, you buy lunch. But it's always better to be safe rather than sorry. Because Rob and I are living testaments to the fact that you don't always know what's going on. And trust your instincts. If it feels weird, probably is weird, take them to the doctor. Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, something you remember uh, with strokes called fast. Uh, face, arms, uh, speech, and tongue or time uh the different ways you can tell if someone's having a stroke if their face is drooping if their their arm won't raise if their speech is slurry uh or if their tongue uh like my tongue it would go to the one side just it would if i stuck my tongue out it wouldn't go straight down or go to one side and and time because you got to get them to the hospital fast i love it thank you for all the insight i love you both yeah. and uh i'll talk to you soon yeah all right thanks buddy thank you buddy thanks for having us Whew, man, you're right. That was a good one, Ryan. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if 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 Richard didn't, you know, a lot of times I'll say to a friend, you know, we're at a hotel or something. He's like, right. you know, I'm too tired or I'm too tired. No one checks up on me. I say, hey, I'm going to go to my room, whatever. You know, let, let me know. And they text and I say, yeah, I'm not up to it. They leave me alone. But there was something that 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 Spate felt that there was something off about Rob and. I'm so grateful for Richard Spate <laughs> for, for, you know, just being there and giving extra attention and um, just trusting his gut. And uh, cause I love Rob Benedict so much. 
he's such a wonderful human being that I love that he's part of my life. And uh, what'd you get get from this? I mean, that's just an incredible story. And like, how lucky, uh, how lucky to have a, a friend like that. Yeah. Like that's just, it's just a triumph of friendship. And it made me feel really warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. That Richard was willing to go the extra mile and just like the whole, yeah, the whole thing. It's, and I, I mean, cause I, I related to it a little bit. Uh, I mean, I wasn't, oh, my yeah. life wasn't threatened, but I had a seizure on the, on a beach once. That's right. Let's, let's hear that. Um, so I was at, uh, it was a bachelor party for my friend and we went to San Diego. We had an Airbnb. Um, and so the night before was our, was our drink night. And so we, you know, went out on the town, had a lot of San Diego beers, got up, uh, and I did not drink enough water. Um, and these are all my surfer friends too. So they wanted mm. to go into the ocean, uh, in the morning. And so I just sort of took a boogie board <laughs> and a wetsuit and just sort of, and it was, in, it was a crazy riptide day. So we were just getting tossed around. Just exhausted. And so we were just, it was just the day of like trying to like work out, like sweat out the beers of last night and then just like sweating in the wetsuit. And we just had a bunch of coffee during the day just to try to wake up. And then we were about to um, go to dinner, just go have like a nice, easy dinner. Uh, We were also all sort of feeling sleepy. So we decided to go on the beach and play spike ball. You know what spike ball is? Yeah. It's like the game where you like, you smack a ball into the, the, the circular net. And we were having a great time doing that earlier in the week. Um, and we thought, let's, you know, let's just do a little fun thing and then we'll shower and then we'll go to dinner. Uh, and me just being, uh, super competitive and diving for balls. And I was just too dehydrated. And a perfect storm of all the fatigue, the alcohol, the coffee. So it was just, it was just like spinning. And like, I was like, you know, it was weird. Cause like, I was like, when the ball, when the game stopped, I was like, (sighs) just sort of warped. And then, um, when I, you know, when the game was playing i was like able to move around and hit balls and things but then at a certain point the lights just went out just went out just went out just stopped and you had a seizure uh and apparently i had a seizure and it was just a crazy dehydration and so what i'm grateful for and what i think about with the the robin richard story is uh my friend chase who is now a fireman for la county uh and at the time was an emt he's just one of those guys who's just he he's great in crisis moments he just hit the button like let's he hit go the moment. He's, he's, he's gotta go I, I apparently i fell into his arms he was like that on it he was just and then he just sort of he knew exactly what to do he kept me from like biting my tongue um and just uh what do you do that how do you do that i mean with the, with the like some, yeah with, I, I think, with you just tongue, started, I think it's tongue. like about like what you do like with you with the heads head. tilted or something yeah. uh, and then i got yeah i got transferred to loyal hospital and then that was the end of the bachelor party chase Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Richard Spate. Thank you, Chase, for saving Ryan. And thank you, Stefan, for being cool with me ruining your bachelor party. Sorry, bud. Yeah, what a dick move, dude. That guy has a seizure during us. Seriously. Like you could help that. Yep. Well, we could have. (laughs) I mean, yeah, but you know, you always think you're indestructible when you're young, right? Yeah. Well, this was four years ago. (laughs) Four years ago? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, you were, well, you're young still. Yeah. Jesus, man, that's that's it. Gets scares me because you never know what's going to happen. You just never know what your how your body's going to react, and your body. Every we have a threshold, everybody, and you yep. don't know what that is. And some people are indestructible mm-hmm. or seem so. And uh, anyway, thanks for listening to today's podcast. I want to thank everybody, and uh, please, please subscribe if you're still listening. Uh, it truly helps. And uh, the handles on Twitter and Instagram at Inside of You Podcast on the Instagram at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter and Facebook. And um, 
go to YouTube, subscribe, uh, and wherever you listen, write a review if you can. Uh, the Inside of You online store, 20% off just for about 24 hours. That's it. Uh, the code word, password is inside Ryan 20 That's correct. So uh, get some good merch. We got Smallville lunchboxes available. We got, uh, I believe, some beanies, um, some Lex Luthor shirts, a bunch of cool Inside of You shirts, lots of stuff. And uh, also the band, sunspin.com, for all your delicious needs. Um, you can get this sweet CD signed by uh, Rob and I and uh, a bunch of other stuff we got uh, at sunspin.com. Also, a big shout-out to all my wonderful charities that I love, foodonfoot.org, really helping homeless people across Los Angeles, and uh, they could always use your support if you want to donate or become a $98 club member, foodonfoot.org. Uh, also, the Ronald McDonald House of Los Angeles. I love those guys. Um, they do real good stuff. And uh, Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth. So echoesofhope.org as well. Those are the charities that I contribute to and love. Uh, I'm going to read off the wonderful patrons who make this podcast very possible. They're a big part of that. Also, a big shout out to Westwood One. Thank you for believing in the show. Thank you, Ryan, for working diligently and coming out with great stuff and really great editing and uh, love love having you here. And uh, Bryce, Bryce, who works nonstop on the podcast trying to get people like you to listen. And you're listening. <laughs> uh, here are the patrons, top tier patrons who, uh, if, you, if you want to join Patreon, it's a wonderful family. I say it all the time. Just go to patreon.com slash inside and uh, join the family today. Uh, it's wonderful. You get great perks. Um, certain tiers get uh, to ask the guest questions. Um, they get a merch box with a note from me. Um, YouTube lives where I play music and people have a request line open. It's fun. It's all good. It's all good. All right, here they are. Here are the top tier patrons. I feel like David Letterman. It's like the top 10. <laughs> the top 10. You know, I miss yeah. I miss that. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha, Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. Yukiko. Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert I, Jason W. Uh, Apothean. Mm-hmm. Apothean. Mm-hmm. It's a new one. He was last time. Uh, last time there, yeah. yeah. Apothean. 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 Ooh, rock me apathian, apathian, apathian. Sorry. <laughs> Kristen. K. Amelia. O. Allison. L. Jess. J. Wow, I couldn't do this. Lucas M. Raj C. Joshua D. Emily S. CJT. Samantha M. Jennifer N. Jackie P. Stacy L. Carly H. Carly S. Jen S. Jamal F. Janelle B. Carrie B. Tabitha272. Not to be confused with. Tabitha273. Ashley Ryan. Kimberly E. Mike E. Marissa N. Eldon Supremo. That's Dan. Jack Slater. Ramira. Beth B. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Ray A. Maya P. Maisha. Maisha. Maddie S. Kendrick F. Ashley F. Shannon D. Matt W. Belinda N. Kevin V. James R. Chris H. Osborne. Osborne H. Amy C. Dave H. Samantha S. Spider-Man. Chase. Sheila. G. Ray. A. Yes. Alyssa C. Tab with a T. Misha H. Tom A. N. Tom N. Tom N. Tom N. Henry S. Katie F. Liliana A. Michelle K. Hannah B. A few more and then we're good. But here are the last of the wonderful patrons. This is Michael S., Talia M., Luke H., John S., Andrew T., uh, Claire Baby. Hi, Claire Baby. Liz J., Laura L., Chad L., 
Rochelle, Nathan E., Brandel, Taylor K., Neil A., Marion, Meg K., Janelle P., Dan N., Jennifer J., Wayne M., Diane R., Ojeda, Ojeda, Lorraine G., Olga C., Corey M., Carrie H., Veronica K., and Big Stevie W. Oh, Big Stevie. <laughs> Those are the uh, wonderful patrons. Stevie Wonder? St- it's Stevie Wonder. Oh, my it God. It is Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. Uh, thank you so much from... Um, my, my from myself michael and 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 myself ryan myself his self his self ryan here in the hollywood hills in the hollywood hills of, of california. california hey everybody 95 degrees partly cloudy how could it be 95 degrees and partly cloudy it seems like it has to be full sun <laughs> i don't get it oh man it's almost baseball season oh i know it's oh, almost great. baseball season um much love to everybody out there give a wave old ryan and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you for allowing me to be e- inside each and every one of you. Okay. We'll see you. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.